Did you know one of the things we are called to do as a Christian is to impart wisdom into others? But how do we exactly do that? What does it look like? Well, that's exactly what we're going to be exploring on today's podcast as we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and learn from Paul himself how we can impart more wisdom in other people's lives. So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and let's get into it. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. This is Jason Jimenez with you as always. Blessed to be with you guys as we study God's Word. We have such a love for God's Word. Let me just say this as we dive right into this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. God's Word is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. And we as Christians need to know it. It is our sword. This is what we use to fight against the enemy. This is what we use to resist the temptations uh, in the world. This is what we use for nourishment. This is what we use to stand strong against the uh, wiles and the schemes of the enemy. This is how we are to make sure that we are imparting wisdom as we're going to be learning today. And so, my friends, thank you for joining me as we continue this Uh, not just discussion, but this uh, biblical study verse by verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So this is podcast 220, and we're going to be looking at verses 6 through 16. And as always, if you've missed any previous podcasts, go check it out, download it, wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, let us know how we can pray for you. And thank you for new listeners and new contributors who are not just praying and sharing these episodes. I think sometimes when we do like a Bible study like this on this platform uh, and you really get into it, we sometimes neglect to share it and let other people know. And so thank you uh, for many of you uh, around the world for uh, taking this, whether it's on SoundCloud or Apple Music or Google, whatever, Uh, Spotify and you're telling people about it and that is so so powerful knowing that there's more and more Christians every episode we put out who are studying the word of God together so leave us a review thank you for supporting financially Uh, I'm not able to record and be able to put this stuff out without the faithful prayer warriors and faithful financial supporters who help invest in Stand Strong Ministries so we can preach the, God, the, the, the Word of God, that we can uh, defend the faith, that we can write, do podcasts, articles, interviews. I mean, it's just so amazing, my friends. Um, so thank you for that. And just excited as we're transitioning uh, to this next section here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where we left off. Remember, again, Paul comes with a very meek approach. He doesn't come with lofty speech or wisdom, he said in verse 1. He has this reliance on the Holy Spirit so that 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 previous podcast was it's more than you think or it's not what you think. And the reason why I titled it like that is because we're so quick to give credit uh, on on on, you know, issues or give credit on individuals that don't deserve it. And we take our focus on the Holy Spirit. And what's so, so amazing is when you look back in verse three, Paul says, listen, 
you know, I, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. But notice he says, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. My friends, I've seen that. I've seen it in the lives of many, many brothers and sisters in Christ. They're not trying to prove uh, to the world how special, smart they are. They don't come, you know, this self-aggrandizing approach. They come with meekness and truth. They come in the demonstration of the spirit and power to catch this. And this is so, so insightful from Paul. He says, I didn't come in the flesh, right? I wasn't showing off, but I came in the power of the spirit as proof that not only am I an apostle, but I came in the spirit of power, right? From God. Verse five, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. May I say this as we dive into verses six through 16, and the title is Imparting the Wisdom of God. My friends, if we are going to be imparting the wisdom of God, we've, we need to be at the foot of the cross. We need to be listening to Jesus. We need to be pouring over and meditating day and night his word. And when we get sidetracked and we start pursuing the wisdom of people in the, you know, that are not of God, uh, it, it will lead people astray. And so please, I want with a discerning heart, with a brokenness, with a receptive heart, that as we explore 6 through 16, that in your life, my friends, you will be able to impart the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man, which ultimately is going to be influenced by the doctrine of demons. And that's going to be the spirit, spirit of error. So notice right off the bat, I'm going to read uh, these opening verses in this particular section where Paul then continues to say, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Man, we can immediately overlook this or you know put too much stock into this particular verse but let me just break it down for us paul here is contrasting two sets of people he's identifying the christian who is spiritual who follows the wisdom of god and the non-christian who is not spiritual and follows the wisdom of this world so when he says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, the mature are those who, are placed, who have placed their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they live, as Paul said earlier, you live in the demonstration of the power of God. And if you go back to chapter 1, verse 18, Paul said, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the writer of Hebrews, if you, if you look at what the writer of Hebrews says, and I always correspond this passage of scripture and also into chapter three of 1 Corinthians with Hebrews chapter five, because the writer of Hebrews describes the mature as those who eat solid food and have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So these rulers of this age, again, in, in that particular domain at the time of his writing in the in the in the 50s to the Athenians to the Corinthians the Romans and the Jewish leaders remember they had killed Jesus 
Um, and so in some part, people in a lot of commentaries would, would allude and think, you know, maybe he's talking about those leaders. But I do think that Paul is alluding to the demonic powers that influence and control the Romans and the Jewish Sanhedrin. And you can see this in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 2, where Paul states that Satan is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Now, he's a defeated foe. And notice he says here, who are doomed to pass away. So he's not just referring to uh, Romans and the Jewish leaders who had Jesus killed. And you're trying to persecute the Christians at this time. He's talking mainly about demonic powers or the, the, the powers of this darkness. But notice they're doomed to pass away. Paul uses the present passive participle genitive plural. Okay, that's a mouthful of Qatar Geo, which describe the fleeting nature of these rulers of the world. They will come to an end because Christ's return and ultimate reign over his creation will put an end to evil rulers. Isn't that awesome to know that? That's what the word of God teaches. And we are to impart wisdom. Uh, we are to impart this truth to more Christians. He goes on to say in verse 7, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. All right, so let's take these two verses apart as well. If you go back to verse 7, the secret in the hidden in the form of mystery that Paul is referring to here, he's talking about uh, that which centers on Jesus Christ, okay? So secret and hidden, or the word mystery, does not mean something hard to understand. It has to do with God the Father's plan of salvation, that he graciously, before the foundation of the world, remember, revealed uh, eventually through his son Jesus Christ in the first century at his appointed time in its appropriate time. And so this aspect of the mystery of the gospel is that Jews and Gentiles can be made one in Christ. That's imparting truth. Jesus didn't come to save only the Jews, but the entirety of humanity. God raised up Paul as an apostle to proclaim and explain the mysteries of salvation. If you go to Romans chapter uh, 16, notice he says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. So when he says, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. So notice when we impart wisdom, it's understanding who's in charge. And that is Jesus Christ, verse six. Verse seven, this hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of glory, this is the plan of salvation. So we as Christians, when we're imparting wisdom, you guys, we are speaking the gospel truth to people. God decreed it. God is eternal. God is not based on time. He's not contingent on anything. He didn't consolidate or uh, go forth and ask for advice from another source of power that's his equal. God decrees, his decrees, I should say, are not based in or of time. Ephesians 1, 4 even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Psalm 33, verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. 
Acts 20.27, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. So over time in Paul's ministry, as the Holy Spirit moved upon him to proclaim the truth in these these hidden uh, uh, secrets, this mystery, this wisdom of God, he was giving people the whole counsel of God. So none of these these rulers of this age understood this, Paul says in verse 8. For if he said if they did... Guess what? They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now here, I believe now Paul is specifically referring to the Jewish leaders of the Sanhedrin. Of course, they were um, deputized basically by Satan himself and who eventually entered uh, Judas Iscariot. But you look at people like the like, like uh, Annas, uh, Caiaphas, Pilate, Herod Antipas, the people that... Uh, you know, had him crucified. They looked the other way. Luke records this account. Remember, um, after Peter and John were beaten and released, when they were released, he says, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Catch this, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, Acts 4, 23 through 27. So had they... Uh, believed, okay, so none of none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So clearly, according to Scripture, the Sanhedrin, Annas, Caiaphas, Pilate, Herod Antipas, and notice he says, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, so the people that are out there uh, saying crucify him, let his blood be on, on, on us and our children, those people were blinded by the God of this age. So this reference to God in the Old Testament, that he calls the Lord of glory, that's the King of glory. That's Psalm 24. That's the God of glory that we see in Psalm 29, verse 3. So Paul not only captures the humanity of Jesus when he talks about his bodily death on the cross, but he also describes his divinity. So then we continue to see what Paul's saying here in verse 9. He says, but as it is written, so now he's referring back to Scripture, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. All right, so let's break down this portion now as Paul is referring to Scripture. Paul was anointed, member by God, and he was commanded by God and given the gifts to reveal the hidden truths and promises in the Old Testament, where oftentimes we refer to the whole counsel or the oracles of God that we see him interchangeably use in his writings. Well, Paul now, what he's doing is he's proceeding in verses 10 through 12 to make three, uh, a three-part argument. The first is that he teaches that God has revealed his truth through the Holy Spirit. No, nobody had talked like that. Nobody had written that like Paul is. 
The second part of his argument that he reveals is that Christians have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, God has revealed his truth to the Holy Spirit. Christians have the Holy Spirit. In conclusion, Christians know God's truth. And that fact that God has revealed his truth to us carries with it in the Greek a deep sense of privilege. We are honored. So notice we don't just possess that knowledge, that truth, that wisdom. We are to impart it. This word revealed, here Paul touches on the doctrine of divine revelation. So when he says these things God has revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, it, 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 it uh, harkens back to Ephesians 1.17 where it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So this is so significant, my friends, because this doctrine of divine revelation is directed by the Holy Spirit that we as Christians have, that our eyes have been enlightened, that we have that spiritual wisdom. And so the second doctrine that Paul touches on from revelation is illumination. So once again, it's not only by and through the Holy Spirit a person can know and understand God's truth and wisdom, but, but also what's so important here is that what Paul's highlighting is that you know the difference between the wisdom of the world that is futile and the wisdom that comes from God. So when he says, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? So this is what's amazing is Romans 8, 16 says the Holy Spirit, right? The, the Lord's Spirit, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So the question is, is, you know, do we have the ability to understand? Of course. God speaks to us, my friends. He communicates with us. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean that we can fully grasp and understand God who's infinite. We are finite. So then he proceeds to go in verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. All right. This section now, this is the third doctrine. So Paul talks about revelation. He talks about illumination. And now he touches on inspiration. My friends, when we impart wisdom, we are doing it in a discerning fashion. The spirit of this world, the, the word uh, studies in the New Testament states the expression deals with the evil in the world that animates the unregenerated world. Haley's Bible Handbook notes this, quote, Paul contrasts the wisdom of God with the wisdom of the unbelieving world. The world's wisdom falls to or fails to recognize God by means of its own philosophy. So God sent Christ, who is the wisdom of God, Colossians, 1 Corinthians 1.24, to reveal to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation that had until then been a mystery and then it goes on to say this in the finishing of the quote now god's wisdom is revealed to believers through the holy spirit so my friends we are not receiving the spirit of the world as a child of god but we are receiving it through the spirit of god that we can understand what he has freely given us so we're not restricted so when you think critically when you think clearly that is, guess what? 
an understanding that God has freely given us, okay? That comes from him. And so, once again, Paul reiterates the fundamental contrast between human wisdom and divine wisdom. The best way to kind of put it is you think about like this. Human wisdom is unregenerated, okay? Human wisdom uh, being unregenerative is incapable of discerning spiritual truths. So we as Christians, we can discern the spirit of truth and error. We can discern spiritual truths. Every Christian on earth is a spiritual person who's led by the Holy Spirit. So when you look at Romans 8 verse 9, I cited verse 16 earlier, but Romans 8 9 says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God does not belong to him. So you belong uh, to Christ because you have the Holy Spirit. And vice versa. So verse 14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person, verse 15, judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So as we conclude this chapter, here's a few thoughts to, uh, you know, in closing about imparting wisdom in the lives of other people. What's important is when you look back here in verse 14, the natural person is a man without the spirit. Again, he's, he's unregenerative. He's, he, he's unregenerated. He's unredeemed. He has a lifeless soul. But the spiritually discerned has to do with the scrutinizing or the judicial examination. Now, this phrase is used also in Luke chapter 23, verse 14, when Paul, or excuse me, when Pilate examined the claims brought against Jesus and he found no fault in Jesus. So that right there is a spiritually discerned uh, uh, usage. But now Pilate obviously was unregenerated, Right. Uh, he saw no wrong. So he was critically examining. He was doing a judicial examination. He was scrutinizing the evidence against Jesus and found none. They, did, they couldn't be substantiated. But that's exactly what the unspiritual person will do. They're not able to spiritually discern the things of God. Jude 18 and 19, they said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who uh, cause divisions. They're worldly and they're devoid of the spirit. One of the commentaries had this to say, since only spiritual people are able to receive spiritual truths, it follows that the man without the spirit, an unregenerate person, would not and could not receive the message of wisdom regardless of his intellectual abilities or accomplishments. Like a deaf critic of Bach or a blind critic of Raphael is the unregenerate critic of God's word, end quote. That's from the Bible Knowledge Commentary. So when Paul says the spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one, the Greek word here is anakrino. It's used by Paul three different times. It can mean discernment or make right judgments. I believe here that Paul advocates for Christians to seek and live out godly wisdom uh, to diffuse divisions. 
If you look at chapter 5, verses 9 through 12 in 1 Corinthians, which we'll be uh, dissecting a few uh, you know, episodes down the road, we will see that Paul illustrates there how a Christian ought to discern and make appropriate judgments when dealing with sexual sin. So when he says here in verse 16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I love this. Paul reinforces this revelation, illumination, and inspiration. He takes those three doc- doctrines and he goes and, re- and refers or quotes Isaiah 40 verse 13 as a rhetorical device to reassure Christians, remember, who are spiritually discerned because we have the Holy Spirit who indwells us, that we as children of God can know the things of God and no one instructs God. We have the mind of Christ. So Paul explained that having the mind of Christ imparts in our lives, according to verse 6, where he says, remember, yet among the mature we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. And then verse 13, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. My friends, that is a discerning individual who imparts wisdom. You're not of this world. You're not a lifeless soul. You're not an unregenerated person. You are a regenerated, bought and sealed by the price of the Holy Spirit. You have the mind of Christ in your life. Just like he said in Philippians 2, 1 through 5, Paul says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That is, in, that, that is a person who imparts wisdom because in Colossians 3, 16 and 17, you're letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You're letting it teach you and admonish you in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And we are told people who impart wisdom... Whatever we do, in word or deed, we are to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. And the last thing in parting wisdom is found also in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints What is the breadth and length and height and depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What's so beautiful as followers of Jesus Christ, according to scripture, is as we impart wisdom, we always get more wisdom. You never fully arrive. Not everything makes complete and total sense. You don't have exhaustive knowledge. But if you follow the word of the Lord in great humility and you do all things to honor him. You give thanks to God the Father through Jesus and you know that Christ dwells in your hearts through the faith that you place in him. God wants to use you, my friends. As a spiritually discerned individual who has the mind of Christ, God has a plan for your life. He wants to give you wisdom. So do me a favor as we conclude I recommend that you spend some time looking at, again, the wisdom of this world versus the wisdom of heaven. And you can find that in James chapter three, verses 13 through 18. And you can see 
the difference, the contrast that the half-brother Jesus puts forward when he poses the question in James 3, verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? And that is a strong indication, my friends, that you can see who's of the world and who is of Christ. So thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I pray it's been a blessing to you. If you do have any prayer requests or questions, you can contact us at info at standstrongministries.org. And right now, as a ministry, Stand Strong Ministries, we are looking for more men and women just like you who will partner with us and become a monthly donor. Whatever the amount may be, whatever you're led to give, we are encouraging many of our listeners out there to make sure that you go to standstrongministries.org, click on the donate button, and man, it would be a tremendous blessing for you to become a monthly donor. So pray about that, my friends. And as you study God's word and as you pray that you would be a vessel, that you would be a child of God, that you would be a discerned, a spiritually discerned person, that you will stand strong in the word of God and do the things that God has called you to be. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, keep standing strong in the word of God. Thank you.